Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi and welcome everyone once again to History Dweebs where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. My name is Tim and we'd like to welcome to you to our podcast. The topic of our podcast today is... Uh, the death of Christine Chubbuck. Uh, Christine was a news reporter who shot herself live on the air back in 1974. So we're going to talk about her life and what led her to uh, take such a drastic measure. But before we do, let me introduce our panel. I am joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented, the Queen of Mean, the Empress of Evil, the Mistress of the Macabre, Satan's Dirty Little Secret, Pill Pop and Penis Lovin', Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you today? Well, I'm a li- feeling a little bit rabbit. You are. Yeah, you know what wabbit means? I know what a wabbit is. Yeah, but did you know it was actually a word? No. Not rabbit, wabbit. Yes. It means exhausted, Silly tired. Wabbit. Silly wabbit. Silly wabbit. Yeah, you're making fun of Elmer Fudd, and I don't wabbits. appreciate that. Elmer Fudd had a speech impediment. Well, he did, which I told you earlier. Not the only one. But and, perhaps he was. And you're a little pissy because you look like Elmer Fudd and you wear your fucking hat. It's not very nice at all. So uh, you are okay. Everything's fine. Hunky dory. Well, you know, hunky and dory. I'm here. I've had coffee. I'm ready, dude. I'm ready to you roll. should have seen her when she first came in. She had this like this largest cup of uh, coffee you can buy at Starbucks. I mean, this thing was like a gallon. It wasn't. And she was just bouncing off the walls. Just, I, I've never heard her happy before. She was like happy. She was happy. Yeah, I mean, it was like really Damn. odd. That'd well, be scary. But to that see. was before I actually really started my day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so she's back to her normal self now. Yeah. Pill popping, penis loving. Well, um, half of that's true anyway. Well, we're glad you're here. Oh, good. Uh, and we are also joined by the very distinguished and honorable, the uh, moral compass of our podcast. The mortal compass. The mortal compass. And Colonel, we need to have a discussion. Now, you're over I understand. F- 20 years, I'm going to be dead. You keep reminding me well, of Well, Brandy and I just want you to know that it's okay to let go. Go to okay. go toward the light, Carrie Ann. All right. Well, I let go. I let, very, go, I let go of many things uh, over the years, Timmy. I'm, I'm, I can let go. Very me. honorable and distinguished. The Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, Timmy, my knees are hurting. See? I'm he's already achy. He's already close to death. My, it's raining outside. You know, my, my, my rheumatism flare up when it gets rough Rheumatism. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. What about your diabetes? No, my diabetes is okay. I don't have the diabetes, but... You don't uh, have the sugars? I don't yet. have the sugars yet. 
Yeah. But uh, it's only a matter of time. No, when we like, get this clearly. kind of weather, and and in Cincinnati here, it's it's sixty two degrees, and, and it's, it's going to be thirty four tomorrow. It's yeah. going to snow tomorrow. It's it's, yeah. it's crazy. So, uh, well, I'm sorry about that, Colonel. I'm I'm sure that you'll leave a legacy of some sort. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so um, we're going to jump into our Patreon shout-outs. Um, and, and tell them why we're going to jump into this stuff so quickly, Timmy. <laughs> because I forgot to charge my computer last night. Isn't that night. your one job? I mean, one thing we give you to do. <laughs> one thing. No, we're not going to rush through this, but we are going to cut out some of your uh, nonsense. Uh, perhaps it's true that my battery is on low. Or perhaps oh, your I'm batteries just, on low. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> or perhaps I'm just saying that so you will <laughs> not ramble on and on. But uh, yes, I forgot to charge my computer last night, and we, of course, use my uh, Apple, my Mac to uh, record this. So uh, we're going to jump right into our. So we ask you to do one thing. One yeah. thing, Timmy. We're, we've got plenty of time. Don't 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 sweat it. According to your calculations, which I think are flawed. <laughs> I think they are flawed. I've done. I this. don't believe you would have got those Apollo thirteen guys back to Earth. <laughs> no, nope. Earth, Timmy. Oh, oh you got plenty of time. <laughs> oh yeah, damn! I forgot that that whole oxygen thing. Always, <laughs> all right, that's a bitch. By the way, have you got you guys? I know you haven't, but the, uh, seen the movie about the, the Hidden Figures yeah. movie? Oh, I have, and I want to. It I want to really bad. I heard it was very good. Yeah, it's really, really good. Nope, I'm saving. I'm saving my money to go see Fifty Shades Darker. Fifty got that Shades going. Darker. I believe I may take that day off. I may take a day off and go see it. Ah, by mm. myself. Yeah, it's got that with a, my own popcorn. That is a yeah. I know, what, I know what you're doing with that popcorn. Yeah, habit. I'm it's eating a, the hell out of it. <laughs> it's one of those days perfect. you those masturbation dates mm-hmm. that you set for with yourself. No. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, Brandy, I have a question for you. And, and I doubt it. This came up while you were out of the room. I don't and think Colonel it did. and I. Colonel said, wait to ask you. Mm-hmm. But when someone is bisexual, is that like 50-50 or is it like 70 I mean, do they 30? try to make, do you guys try to make an equal split? What? Right? Do you? Yeah. Do you guys, do you? We're just curious. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm not bisexual. Well, can we ask you this? When, when, I don't you know. Were, we, when you were a softball player. Wasn't bisexual then. When, uh, when you, we don't, was the economics professor, we assumed it was Holy a man. Was shit. it a man or a woman? It was a man. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I old, bet he had a pocket protector, dude. Old wrinkly man? Yeah. No. Was he like 70? Yeah. <laughs> no. The sagging. Oh, uh, the sagging. Uh, <laughs> Big old his testicles hanging down around his knees. You two are fucking idiots. You know that, right? <laughs> fucking idiots. All Jesus right. Well, let's Christ. move on because we got an exciting. Can we? Yeah, we got an interesting story today. So let's move on as to it. As opposed to, to normal. Days. What we do most hey, of the time. Exactly. This like, one's got the dwarf in it. So. All right, well, let's that. let's jump into the uh, Patreon shoutouts. We we want to thank all of our, those of you who support us on Patreon. We greatly appreciate it. Not only because it it helps us defray the cost, but it shows that you are you like what we do, and that means a lot to us. So thank you. If you are interested in supporting us on Patreon, just go to Patreon.com/slash/HistoryDweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel, or just a wee tiny little bit. Absolutely. We, we again, we're very grateful. Uh, so special shout out to Alicia and Chip, Jen Moyer, Jason Dyke. Say thank you, Jason. Brandy McBride. Diane Student with the History Goes Bump podcast, which is a great podcast. Check it out if you get a chance. Listen to it uh, on Sunday, by the way. Amber Trevino, 
Annette Petray in New York City, Lise, Leslie Hagar, Amber Scoville, Jahara, TJ, Andrew Happ, thank you, Andrew, Brittany Irving Martin, thank you, Brittany, Joe Hopkins, thank you, Joe, Melissa Montoya, thank you, Melissa, uh, Mandy Swanson, Jennifer Siemens, thank you, Jennifer, and her mom, Linda, Bridget Clavey, of course, thank you, Bridget, Cindy Liu, has been a longtime supporter of the podcast, Heather Poole, Charlie and Allie from the Insight Podcast, which I listened to last night, their latest episode, which is awesome. You guys have to check it out. That was me spitting on the floor because he mentioned Charlie and Allie and the Insight Podcast. There is no East Coast, West Coast. We're both in in the Midwest. No, we're we're in a bluff feud. Now, you're going to have to get on board with this, Timmy. I can't take you on by myself. All right, all right. Whatever, I'm, I'm low battery, so because say I, whatever. Because Story of your life. I decided it? that it was it a good really idea is. to get into a blood feud with a Australian and redheaded woman. I think that's a bad choice. Well, yeah. Chuck's not known for his stellar decision making. Well, I mean, I think is, we already know that. Uh, so, Charlie and Allie, thank you very much for your support, and Rudy, the Wonder Dog. All right, let's jump into the story, shall we? About Christine. Shubbick. They say, Brandy, they yep. say, who they are, they say you die twice. The first time when you stop breathing, and the second time a bit later on when somebody says your name for the last time. In 1974, a newscaster in Sarasota, Florida, pulled out a gun and shot herself on live television. Now, today, that would no doubt be all over the internet. Uh, but at the time, uh, it was just shown on uh, local television. And over the years, Christine Chubbuck's uh, story has kind of faded into obscurity. But recently, there's been a couple of movies and, or a movie and a documentary out about Christine's life. And it's a, kind of an interesting story. So we're going to discuss it. If it's okay with you, Brandy. I suppose so. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about Christine. Christine Chubbuck was a well-educated and respected reporter for WXLT-TV in Sarasota, Florida, who took her own life in front of the cameras during a live TV show. They did it live. They did it live when she was only 29 years old. Christine Chubbuck was born in Hudson, Ohio, up near Cleveland, Colonel, on August 24th. 1944. She was the daughter of George Fairbanks and uh, Peg Chubbick. Christine had two brothers, Greg and Tim, with whom she was very close. Christine's family uh, was well-to-do, upper-middle class. Uh, By all accounts, uh, Christine's parents were very loving and supportive to all of their children, especially Christine. Christine and her brothers never wanted for anything and uh, attended expensive private schools, much like uh, you, Brandy. Yep. Uh, Christine attended the Laurel School for Girls in Shaker Heights, a suburb of Cleveland. Now, I know you attended a school for girls, a reform school for girls. <laughs> yeah, but that was... Yeah, it was different. Yeah. Yeah, a little different. But anyway... Um, Although outgoing and vivacious, Christine had a hard time making friends, especially with members of the opposite sex. That would be boys, Brandy. 
Right. During her years at Laurel, well, I guess there wasn't any boys there. It was all girls' school, so I guess she did have problems making friends with boys. Um, during her years at Laurel School for Girls, she started a small tongue-in-cheek group called the Dateless Wonders Knitting Club. For well, girl, I wonder why they were dateless wonders. I, well, They're in a it, knitting club. It was for girls who did not have dates on Saturday nights. Often Christine was the only member. So, nah. so a little sad situation there. That's when you make a masturbation date, Timmy. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, she wasn't, uh, I mean, you know, she was attractive enough. I don't know, but she just didn't seem well, to. Well, then that would make, make you even more attracted to yourself. True. Good point, Carl. Yeah. Um, yes, whatever. that was a great point. Christine did have one boyfriend in high school. His name was Eric, uh, but he was killed in a car wreck a few months after the couple started dating. So tragic. Oh, she event. had just some bad luck. Well, yeah. She had bad luck with the boys. She was uh, Christine was naturally, uh, she was devastated by it and uh, went into a deep depression when she was 17. Despite uh, this traumatic event, it was not Christine's first bout with depression. Um, family members describe Christine as being um, either very energetic or very sad. So it sounds like she was kind of bipolar. There was no in-between with Christine. Her brother described everything was black and white. There was no gray. After graduating high school in 1961, Christine attended Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, which is, which is near here, right? It is. She attended for one year in theater arts, and then she attended uh, Enidoc College in Beverly, Massachusetts, before, before earning a degree in broadcasting at Boston University in 1965. Howard Stern went to Boston University, by the way. Got a degree in broadcasting. It's an amazing story that I didn't care about. Did you just say Howard Sternum? Howard Stern. Yes. Howard, Howard Sternum. Sternum. <laughs> Idiots. You said Howard Sternum. I did not. Yes, you did. Christine was passionate about acting and wanted to land a job in <laughs> as a TV news anchor. Um, there were very few opportunities for female new ca- newscasters in the late 1960s. There's a few opportunities now. There's not a lot of them now. I don't know. I don't Walters remember the man. Yeah, but I mean, no, nothing like... Uh, Look at the local <laughs> news. It's all women. Yeah, but all right. It's all women. Uh, it wasn't right. back in 1960s, though. Chuck. In 1966, she took a job as a fact checker. God, we need one on this podcast. With WVIZ <laughs> in Cleveland. They're on your side. Yeah, they are on your side. <laughs> Christine attended a summer workshop in radio and television at New York University in 1967. All of this is painting a picture of Brandy, giving you a background on the young lady. Okay. Over the next year or so, she would uh, hold various jobs with public television stations in Canton, Ohio, and Pittsburgh. A lot of times the public TV stations will get people opportunities that they wouldn't normally get in the- Wayne's World. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, the colonel got it was his public own cable TV. Access it wasn't show. cable that. access. Uh, no, I don't want to. You go down care. to channel ten forty three. I don't care, Colonel. Three thirty a.m. on every Saturday night. Christine was a perfectionist when it came to work. As Get is yourself Chuck. some church. Yeah, as of me. As oh of yeah, me. yeah. You're known for your perfectionism. 
She would often. Is that a word? And I just made it up. She would often display obsessive compulsive behavior. Don't say a word. Christine nope. made very few friends uh, wherever she worked. I feel her pain. <laughs> Despite being an attractive young lady in her early 20s, she was seldom asked out on dates. One friend, she was busy knitting. <laughs> one friend would later chat. recall, and I'm quoting here, Christine would often come off as cocky and standoffish. But once you got to know her, she was a very loving person with an obsessive fear of being rejected, unquote. Christine hmm. would suffer severe bouts of depression. Uh, and depression, of course, they was, it was being poorly diagnosed back in the 1960s. And even if it was properly diagnosed, there was very limited options. There wasn't the psychotropic drugs that we have available. They had acid. Yeah, but they didn't have, like, Prozac or Lexapro and all that. They may have Prozac, I don't know. But they didn't have, like, uh, the options that we have today. Uh, Christine, They had tricyclic antidepressants back then, Timmy. Thank you, Colonel. Your knowledge of... He knows the history of he, all. Dude, I was on antidepressants before Prozac came out, so... Christine's brother, Greg, would uh, later describe her as, quote, an interesting, gifted, but flawed person, unquote. He would add that she was flawed from the time that she was a little girl, emotionally flawed in many ways. Greg said that his sister struggled with bipolar disorder, a condition that was not uh, remedied despite the her, uh, their parents spending nearly $1 million over 20 years searching for a treatment to help Christy. That's uh, fifty thousand a year. Fine piece. Thank you. If you gave me a thousand dollars a week, I would not be depressed. That's what I'm saying. I'd be happy. Good. I'd have women running in and out of my house. I'd have four dogs. So she's a so she's a troubled young lady. There's hospitalizations. There's psychotherapy and medication that she's going through almost constantly. Uh, She would go through periods where it would appear that she that her that her mood swings were under control. And then, um, then it would all fall apart. Christine's parents, as I mentioned, were well-to-do. They, they owned a winter home in Sarasota, Florida. In 1969, with no family and friends while she was working in Pittsburgh, uh, remember she's working at the public TV station. And at this point, all of her work was done behind the camera. So she was, you know, doing gopher work, basically. Um, Christine decided in 1969 to move to Sarasota to look for career opportunities in Florida. Um, she would find, uh, first she would find work at a hospital as a computer operator, and then two years later with a cable television uh, firm in Sarasota, Florida. In, early, in the early 1970s, uh, Christine's parents got divorced. And this, uh, Christine took their separation very hard and being emotionally uh, unstable anyway, she went into a deep depression. Uh, Concerned about her daughter, her mother Peg, moved in with Christine in their Sarasota home. I'm sure that helped. Well, probably because she was pretty isolated at the time. Christine's brother, who was a contractor, he ended up moving there as well. Uh, he followed her mother down, and eventually her other brother, Tim, who was a, an interior de- decorator, he would also follow. They, so they all lived in this house, but it wasn't like a 
it was a huge house. So I mean, you know, they it so wasn't a, a normal person's no, house. No, it was a, so it was, they a, were it was comfortable. Yeah, there was a wasn't comp. a tiny house. Though. No, it wasn't. A, it's definitely not a tiny Fuck house. Fuck them tiny houses. It, but you know, it was like a compound. So they were, you know, different. I want to live yeah. on a compound. I know. Wouldn't my be parents cool? have a compound? Is it nice? It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I like to have a compound. Uh, I, I don't want a compound. I don't want a compound fracture though. Just, no. I'm just clarifying. Okay. I don't want a compound that the FBI is going to burn down. Yeah, that's true. But I want true. another compound. All know. right. Together, Christine, her mother, and her brothers all started a new life in southwest Florida. Have you ever noticed, Timmy, when the feds attack a place, it could just be a trailer in the woods, but they call it a compound? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, they, it's uh, planned that way. What's he talking about, Brandy? <laughs> I'm just saying, just pointing out, mm-hmm. you got to keep an eye on our government. Thank you, Colonel. Um, Christine had your safety. What the fuck's wrong with you? Well, they always called it a compound. Ruby Ridge, they called it a compound. Well, it was a damn little it was a ridge. house. It was a ridge. It was a ridge. What? I think it depends on if it's for nefarious purposes or not. Yeah. So the Colonel compound. I want to have a Colonel compound. Well, okay. Yours is, that would be called a layer. A layer. I want to have a Colonel compound. Well, okay, we'll work on that. We got to get through TimmyCon first. Yeah, nobody Christine, survives that. Mm-mm. Christine had a close relationship with her family. Describing, I her, hope so. Describing her mother and her brother Greg as her closest friends. Soon, Christine found another job in television, and when she worked at the traffic department at WTOG in nearby St. Petersburg, Florida. The talk. <laughs> yeah you really just have to you know like hit your you don't really have to be in a helicopter <laughs> traffic at 10 till the hour yeah. we're up here there's a backup on i-95 yeah it's a okay. white bronco <laughs> all right so she worked in the in the uh traffic department at wtog did she get to fly the helicopter no well that's no, a she bummer didn't. she after, got fucked on that deal after working there several months though she was given a new opportunity at the local ABC affiliate WXLT TV Channel 40 in Sarasota, Florida. They're also on your side. Yeah, like every TV station is on your side. Well, sometimes they have the most accurate weather. <laughs> you have to look around. <laughs> well, some, yeah. I don't feel like they're always on your side. Well, when they put you on Crime Stoppers, they they're not and, on your side. No, but they make you, they try and make you feel like they are. Yeah. All right. So this time, Christine, um, she was given the opportunity to work in front of the camera as a news reporter. WXLT-TV's owner, Bob Nelson, had recently bought the station. Uh, it was experiencing very poor ratings and operating with very outdated equipment. Yeah, he hired a bunch of young staff, too. He got, got rid of all the veterans that were making the big bucks. Yep. Put a lot of young people in charge. Yeah, well. Which is going to happen here, and uh, I'm afraid, Colonel, and me and you are going to be out the door. But, you right. know, you're near death, so. I think so, they should have topless news people. Like they do. I would watch. Do they? Yeah. I'll watch that. So, like Tim uh, said, yeah. Nelson saw Christine Watching as wake. young, attractive, <laughs> as this young, attractive, Whacker. fresh face who could attract new viewers. In August of 1973, Christine was introduced as the new face of WXLT TV's news department. Christine threw herself into her new job. She took her role as a reporter very seriously. Like I take this podcast at, very well, seriously. As most yeah, reporters take their job seriously. If you took this podcast seriously. seriously, we won't be running out of battery right now. I wish now. to fake hell news. you guys would take it seriously. Fake news. Fake yeah. news. This is a fake podcast. This is a fake podcast. Uh, there was an era when TV news was respected, 
and very influential at shaping public opinion. Yeah, that that time is gone. Right. Yeah. Well, we're in a, we're in the era of alter, alternative facts. Yes. Um, Christine viewed herself as a dedicated journalist trying to bring important issues to the public consciousness. Owner Bob Nelson was more interested in bringing in viewers and advertisers to save the dying television station. Nelson insisted Christine focus on hard-hitting, sensational stories that would bring in the viewers. If it bleeds, it leads was the station's motto. See, it's kind of like his podcast where Mm -hmm. we we do the serial killers. It's every station's motto. (laughs) He didn't didn't make that up. No. It bleeds, it leads. And, you know, that makes me think of um, menstrual stuff. Yeah. Like you have I don't, a bunch I don't of menstruating women all the time. Like they just yeah. That sounds like show. some kind of hiccup with you. I don't. No, I'm weird. just saying. If it bleeds, you grieve. <laughs> if it bleeds, I'm grieving. Okay, so <laughs> although she was frustrated by this approach, because not, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you don't have access to it. No, and they're cranky. Yeah. So if you suggest alternative methods, they're in no mood for it. Twenty percent. It's like you could say. Then you brand it. I'm going to, you know, coat it with ice cream, uh, Reese cups or something. Maybe yeah. you could get some action in, but. Yeah. 20%. That's probably about what Are you still having power periods, is. devil, or what you doing? Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> have you, you transitioned? Still, I mean, have you. You're not. You're no spring chicken anymore. I don't know. I'm just asking. Are you fucking kidding me right now? First of all, I'm not the one that, like, brushes against a pillow and gets, you know, bruised like some old fucking bitty. So. I'm not the one yeah, that's, a yes you know, no don't go I'm towards really a light, sure. Carrie Ann. You know what? If I wanted to, I could pop out a baby right now. <laughs> she probably could. I double dog day. If you. I thought about it. <laughs> I double dog day. We're going to do it. I don't want to. <laughs> do it live on the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. You think Elise would have her baby alive on our podcast? Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> I don't think she should. <laughs> no. no. Are we going to send a roving reporter out to go no. record that? No. All right. She probably cussing them best. Well, she I bet, could probably I bet Skype she, it to us. I bet she'll cuss during her delivery. Most, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of people do. Oh, right. women act like they're yeah, like it's something big deal. <laughs> no, they act like they're getting attacked by a bear or some yeah. shit. Continue, Brandy. <laughs> All right. So her Christine Chubbick. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. And you're still having periods. What the fuck <laughs> kind of business is that of yours? Oh, I'm just. That means no. No, I'm just hoping for the day because I got the 17th, 18th, and 19th marked down on my calendar for when you have the PMS because I know that's when you're about to start. I know your cycle by now. And uh, are your, your cycle? You guys, are you in sync? <laughs> yeah, because it's just for pretty much self-defense purposes. Don't yeah. come into the devil's office on the 17th, 18th, or 19th. And and I was just wondering at what point. Is that gonna? Is it gonna be safe for us around here on those three? Well, it'll be long. It'll be about ten years. Okay. Damn. Damn. You'll be dead by then. Girl. I'll be dead by then. Yeah. Well, not. Well, it probably will be my fault. It, so, <laughs> Colonel, yeah. Colonel, it's okay to let go. <laughs> go towards the light, carry in. All right. So, despite you know her career's taking off, her personal life was shit. Mm-hmm. At twenty nine, Christine was still a virgin, mm-hmm. and would often bitch about it openly. Well, wouldn't you? Well, why wouldn't somebody just pop that thing? Just come on she up just back had in. She's a hard time. Room. She wouldn't get any days. But she's a little could, backwards. If and somebody she was complained busy about being a virgin, I'd just say, come on, I can fix that for you. Now get back here. Because you're a giver. Well, no, it's a public service thing I do. Yeah. Okay. Some people give to charity. He bangs virgins. <laughs> Jesus. Despite being young you and attractive. You can't have a 30-year-old virgin. Somebody make a movie about you. Despite being young and attractive. 
she would go on to she would go two or three years without a date. Mm. Even when someone would ask her out, it wouldn't last long. It had been reported by friends that Christine never went out on more than two dates with the same person in her life. I bet she has some Popeye forearms. Through all of this, <laughs> well, you know, you no, know, she wasn't stop, being stop. celebratory. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. Did you learn that word from Tim? <laughs> I did. Uh, let's see. Celebatious. <laughs> Through all of this, Christine suffered terrible mood swings. Wonder why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she would work at a manic pace on her stories for several days straight, and then spend a week or more locked in her bedroom. It's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like me doing. on this podcast. Really, I I put I, I put so much energy into the researching and the writing of the scripts. You guys basically do nothing. To you sit get there. on in and edit home on the weekends. And you start to do research on the scripts, and then you end up on a porn site. No. Well, no, then we end up with this crazy shit posted on our wall about <laughs> yeah. if you see me running down the expressway naked, leave me alone yeah. and in the zone. That's part of the show. Uh, let's see. You're talking about my memes. After working several months as a reporter and impressed with her work, Bob Nelson offered Christine a position as the host of a community affairs talk show, Suncoast Digest. Oh, that sounds like an interesting title. Which ran at 9 a.m. Suncoast Digest. Okay. Somebody should have offered a position like Doggy Style, a Missionary, or Production manager cowgirl. Gordon J. Acker described Christine's new show to a local paper. It will feature local people and local activities. It will give attention, for instance, to the storefront organizations that are concerned with alcoholics, drug users, and other lost segments of the community. Most of your family. I'm a lost segment. Mm -hmm. Christine was thrilled to have her own show and promised the owner she would work day and night to bring serious, important issues to light. But again, this is a time when, you know, there's very few opportunities for women in, uh, you know, as a TV, as a well, she, newscaster. She didn't get put on a casting couch. Nelson said she should instead focus on stories that would bring in viewers because if she doesn't, everyone at the station was going to be out of a job, including her. As she had done as a reporter, Christine worked very hard on her new assignment, often putting in 12 to 14 hour days. She would stop only uh, enough to eat and perhaps sleep a few hours. Christine covered stories of local and national interest, but she was getting more and more pressure from the owner and station manager to, put, manager to produce more sensationalized stories. Christine was trying to produce a quality with great substance and was not following if it leads it leads mantra of the news department yeah i mean she was doing stories like on the environment and you know the stories that was important to her but not necessarily going to bring in a lot of viewers so they wanted to do serious news they wanted no, to know she wanted she news. wanted to i mean she serious. wanted to do serious she wanted news. abc nightly she, news and they wanted inside edition us yeah exactly they wanted us yeah uh, let's see. Christine's life off air almost didn't exist. She had just a couple of friends outside her family and no romantic relationships or even the prospect of one. Christine confided in her family and friends that she was afraid she was going to die an old spinster. Oh, yeah. Christine's one close friend at the station was she would be happy. She would be happy to have Lanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should be grateful for Lanny. You she really should. Lanny you would be, get down on your damn knees and yeah. thankful for Lanny. <laughs> Yeah. Are we done? Mm -hmm. well, you was on your knees at Pet Boys with Lanny. And when you know she what? Talk amongst out. yourselves. You guys are killing me. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. We're sorry. Apologize. Okay. So she had one close friend at the station, and it was Andrea Kirby. Kirby was a 32-year-old divorced. Was 32 years old. She was divorced. 
and she served as a sports reporter for Channel 40, one of the first women to do so. Kirby, who spoke with a southern accent, was pretty petite and had a way with men. Yeah, oh, you know what that means. You got that southern accent and mm. petite and ooh-wee. According to Christine's mom, Try her daughter. Breast, I, bet she had breast. Hmm? I bet she had breasts. I bet she had some big old knockers on her. Continue, Brandy. In my head, she does. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Does she have? Does it say anything about her knockers in there, devil? No, but I'm sure Tim has some kind of insight on it that he hasn't <laughs> shared. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. According to Christine's mom, her daughter described Andrea Kirby as her best friend. According to Kirby, although she and Christine were friends, they had only known each other a short time and were and were not particularly close. <laughs> See, it, it sounds like she, you know, she would have the she had such shallow friendships. She was a single white female, in the right? Group. Yeah. Uh, Christine admired Kirby for everything she was not—a friendly, outgoing, but tough lady who stood by, who stood on. Who stood on by her principles. Stood by her principles. Stood on right by her principles. They right there, laying in the <laughs> <Yeah>. floor. <laughs> very rabbit right now. Along with her dress. What? I'm feeling very rabbit. Mm-hmm. Rabbit. <laughs> um, she was also envious of Kirby's way with men. Kirby, who was going through a divorce, was the center of, of attention mm-hmm. with the men at the station. She oh, swallowed. Kirby was putting it out. She swallowed. Christine yeah. would often confide <laughs> in Kirby her own insecurities and relationship failures. Christine seemed to thrive at work, but was struggled when not having enough to keep her busy. Struggled. Yeah, she struggled. I assume that's <laughs> what that meant. She was sleeping only a couple hours Give a night. me a break. I'm working like on 15 different scripts well, right now. Finish one <laughs> before you start another one. Uh, she was sleeping only a couple hours a night. She dreaded weekends. This is Timmy. <laughs> she dreaded this lady weekends. Is my, I'm going to blow my head off during the po- live podcast. Please don't. It's my office. I gotta, I'd yeah. have to. There'd be so much cleanup and paperwork. Yeah, so you do it with your right hand so your shit would all blow up on me. So. Yeah, no, uh, let's, let's not do that. She made it a point to go to work even when there were no assignments waiting or stories. You know why to work I can't on. do that? Because you motherfuckers couldn't get this thing up and loaded on the Libsyn so that people could hear it. Oh, we could. Oh, no, you could. Oh, I could do it now. I can well, do it. Well, you know what? Now, you keep talking to me about this, but you need to write the passwords down because you older than me. You're going to die soon. Continue. You're going to die before I do. Let Brandy continue. Write She's the telling password a, a down. very intriguing story. Who the fuck would know? <laughs> yeah, who would know? I made you guys administrate on our Facebook page. Be happy. I know. Well, but we can't upload And the power's gone to his in. head. It has. I will back, back, back to Christine. Back to Christine. Christine spoke to her family at length about her struggles with depression and suicidal tendencies. They convinced Christine to go see a psychiatrist who assured the family that Christine was not a danger to himself. Well, he kind of blew that one. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Christine's family did not inform the TV station of her struggles for fears the station would fire her, making a bad situation worse. Yeah, well, that would make sense. I mean, if that's her job is all that keeping her going, 
you one don't thing, take a chance on getting her fired. One thing Christine did not share with her doctor was that she had attempted to overdose on drugs in 1970. She'd taken half bottle of prescribed sleeping medicine, but it didn't work. Well, clearly. Christine vowed never to make the same mistake again. Her family was happy to hear her say that, but it was speculated Christine was not referring to suicide, only the method. Christine would continue to see the psychiatrist up until several weeks before her death. Yeah, this guy blows. Christine worked at the station with a young man named George Peter Ryan. Ryan was a tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and very handsome. Oh, George Peter, Colonel. Mm -hmm. The women at the TV station referred to him as Gorgeous George. George was a stockbroker and worked part-time at the station reading the daily stock report. Christine had a Christine had a girl crush on George. Well, he's a school he's girl painting crush. a picture. Painting school a picture. Girl crush. School girl crush. We could have just been a crush. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, George Peter. <laughs> and decided he was the man who she was meant to Peter. for her. Wanted to Peter, George. She, she did want to Peter. She needed to Peter. Maybe uh, that was a depression problem. Well, he was the man who was meant for her. Christine would be turning 30 in August of 1974, the year of our Lord that I was born. Yes. Uh, she didn't want to be a 30-year-old virgin. Who does? So she set out a plan to win the heart of George Ryan. Christine confided in her brother that Ryan would be the perfect man to help her with her problems. And, and like all brothers, hers was very skeptical. Mm-hmm. And called Much her like a, Casey. And called her a dick and told her to get over it. <laughs> no, he, by all accounts, her brother's really supportive of her. Ryan, Ryan had personal problems of his own. He had recently gone through a devastating divorce and was himself involved in... Transactional analysis therapy. Ah, uh, do you ever get a transactional analysis, Carol? Yeah, it's silly. It don't make. Don't do I don't even know good. what the fuck that means. Basically, it's oh, just. Oh, but you do. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, you talk about. It was it was a big thing back in the 70s. The Colonel been through a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think this. You I don't think, think I more. had been molded like this. It took him. It took a, a, lot, a lot of evolution to get him yeah. where he is, right? You don't now. think a person I, gets like this little, just by accident? A lot of evolution for him to wear pants outside the house. <laughs> Okay, get on with it. What is con- whatever that is? Basically, it, it just focuses on your your interactions with people and yeah, how and why, you why react, you, why you do yeah. this, why you do that, um, and it it kind of focuses. More In other on your words, childhood. he doesn't know. No, no it, it, it goes back to it, it's kind of like you reliving transaction means interactions, but it's kind of like. You're He's repeating the words now. <laughs> you're repeating. <laughs> Continue, Colonel. I, I want both to you okay. motherfuckers. First of all, both you motherfuckers break down words for me every time. All right. Well, let me no, let me let me just no, tell you what you it's know about. What? It was a it was a thing. Can back I just in the look 70s. it up on my phone? It was a thing back in the seventies. No, continue with the story. It was a thing back. It was a type of therapy back in the. It was saying it was you just pop- keep repeating the same transactions with people yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Break the. You cycle. know when transdental transmental what is it <laughs> transcendental transvestite <laughs> meditation was a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It was a like a uh, a phase. You know, All people right. went through. So this guy's in his own therapy, but Christine convinced herself that Ryan was her long-awaited soulmate. She confided her feelings about Ryan to her best friend, Andrea Kirby. What she didn't know was that Andrea and George Ryan were already seeing each other. Ah, bitch. Oh. Andrea didn't tell Christine, partly because she didn't want to hurt her, and partly because it didn't really matter, as Andrea had accepted a better job in a bigger TV market. So Andrea's getting her best friend, air quotes, is getting ready to move. Christine's best friend was moving to Baltimore and leaving her behind. Before learning that the woman she saw as her best friend was moving away, 
Christine decided it was time to make the moves on George. Some friends had a birthday dinner for George, who was turning 30 in June of 1974. But he was not a virgin. Christine decided, well, he, he was divorced. Christine decided she would use the occasion to express her feelings to George. And it probably took a lot of nerve for her to get, probably you know, probably a lot of, uh, probably took a, uh, she's probably very anxious about doing that since she feared rejection and she, you know, she was hard for her to make friends and stuff. Christine spent the afternoon baking a cake for the celebration. She also bought an expensive watch to present to George on the occasion. On the back of the watch, Christine had inscribed, when I am with you, time stands still. Love, Christine. That's very touching. I believe she crossing a line there. The party went well, and everyone seemed to be having a good time, especially the guest of honor. Uh, as the dinner was winding down, Christine gathered her courage and asked to speak to George alone. She gave George his gift and waited in, 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 with breathless anticipation okay. while he opened it. George was stunned. It was much too expensive of a gift to give a co-worker. He was even more shocked when he read the inscription on the back. Christine's heart dropped as she saw the expression of confusion on George's face. Yeah, that's, that's, that's but awkward. She, but she told him that she was in love with him and wanted to do anything she could to make him happy. Oh, he, would, uh, he could have popped that dirty flower right... Uh, George thanked her for the gift but said he couldn't accept it. He told her he was just coming out of divorce and not ready for a serious relationship. And besides, he was already dating Andrea. Ah! Wow, it's not going well. He should not have told her that. You sound like a crow. It's... Hurt and embarrassed, Christine left the party and drove home and locked herself in her room for three days. Did she take the watch? Well, I mean, no, I mean, that's, that's a, you can see that. I can see someone doing that. Yeah, Christine was afraid to return to work because she was afraid there would be office gossip and coworkers discussing her rejection. But you, now tell me, you have an attractive woman come up to you and say, oh, I, I would do any. <laughs> I get rejected all the time. I still show up to work. <laughs> No, I'm saying if I could never be here, you would never be here. That's one thing I will tell you. I've been the colonel been blessed with. Uh, I have no fear of rejection. Yeah. Absolutely none. <laughs> none whatsoever. You know what? If I this. can hit 250 or 260, <laughs> I'm happy, dude. You have a you have an attractive woman come up, give you an expensive watch and say, "I will do whatever it takes." To make you, I, I don't know what kind of what kind mm. of brain damage man that guy should not be. He know, was trying to be sensitive, I think, and, he was and, trying and to, at the same time, that's a little stalkish too. It's a little creepy. No, that. I think it's hot. <laughs> he likes the stalkers. Yeah, he does. If anybody wants to, any listeners, I mean, want to present your colonel you know with I mean? a really nice want, watch because you know I got this watch fetish. Yeah, and uh, he's the, he's the probably the last people on earth. That, wear a watch i i love my watch it needs fixed or i'd be wearing it i'll fix it for you i can fix watches he's a okay i'll bring it to you i own about 20 watches okay well i'll bring it to you okay all right so she was afraid about going back to work she was afraid there'd be all this office gossip i have a fitbit same okay it's got a watch on it too yeah but if any of our listeners want to send the colonel a watch um just give you send me a message and uh Okay. No, don't do that. Yeah, you just got I, I don't mind stalkers. I don't mind stalkers. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Just what are we at, Timmy? In fact, no one knew. George and Andrea both uh, were aware of Christine's fragile emotional state, and they agreed never to discuss it. Christine was soon to learn that Andrea had accepted her new job in a bigger market. The thought of losing her Air Bunny's best friend overwhelmed Christine. Or Christine, she made she became more despondent and withdrawn. By late June of 1974, Christine continued to get pressure from the state man, station manager to cover more salacious stories. 
The stress of being rejected by George, her friend moving away, and pressure from her boss all seemed too much for Christine to handle. Her 30th birthday was fast approaching and she felt increasingly isolated. She entered into a deep depression. She seemed more distant than normal. Her mother found her crying hysterically in her bedroom, refusing to leave her room. Then things changed drastically. To everyone's surprise, Christine's mood remarkably improved. All of a sudden, she was positive and seemed very happy. Christine even went to her boss and told him she was on board with covering more sensational stories. See, Colonel, that's what we talked about before, is when someone's depressed mm -hmm. and really depressed, they don't have the energy to do right. that. Right. It's when they get that, they start to get that first on that second rung of yeah, being Yeah, it's like better, when they start to feel a little bit better. That's when they not, they, they take themselves out. Mm -hmm. That's when you got to really watch people. If you, if you, seriously, if you're dealing yeah, with is, depressed people, people that are laying in bed and won't get out of bed and do anything, go to work, they're probably not going to do anything to themselves. They don't have when the they start to get better, mm -hmm. they will formulate a plan because what happens is it's not like a it's not like a continuous arc getting better. You have, you know, two steps forward, one step back, and you get up there and you take that step back and you think, Oh fuck, I'm headed right back to where I was and that's people were like, No, fuck yeah. it. And then at that point you've it. got a little bit more energy than you would yeah. normally have if you're at uh, hit bottom. Yep. Well, thank you, Sigmund Freud. No, uh, let's see her suggestion so she goes to him for she has goes to station manager manager she has an idea for a new story three weeks before her death she asked the station's news director for permission to do a news piece on suicide her suggestion was approved and she visited the local sheriff's department to discuss mes methods of suicide with an officer in the interview an officer told her that one of the most effective ways to commit suicide um, was to use a 38 caliber handgun it was it was the most sure way for uh, a suicide attempt to be successful. He told her that the gun should be pointed not at the temple, but at the back of the head. A week before her suicide, she told Rob Smith, the night news editor, that she'd bought a gun and joked about killing herself on the air. Smith later stated that he didn't respond to what he thought was her sick, sense of, sick attempt at humor and quickly changed the subject. Then Christine did something she'd never done before. She invited her co-workers to her house for a party on Friday, July 12, 1974. Her co-workers were surprised to get such an invitation, and some were hopeful that Christine was finally coming out of her shell. party was a big success. Everyone seemed to have a wonderful time, especially Christine, who was laughing and more sociable than she'd ever been. What her co-workers didn't know was that Christine was actually telling them goodbye. What happens next, Colonel? Well... On the following Monday, Timmy, it was July 15th. Christine showed up to work early as usual and seemed to be in a very playful mood. While preparing for a broadcast, however, Christine confused co-workers by claiming uh, she had read a newscast to open Suncoast Digest, something yeah, well, she'd never done before. Yeah, they were surprised. She said she had to read a newscast. Yeah, that something that was out of ordinary. Yeah, so this morning's talk show guest waited across the studio while Christine sat at the anchor's desk. During the first eight minutes of a program, Chubba covered three national news stories and then a shooting from the previous day at a local restaurant. The Beef and Bottle. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like a place you find a dough. At mm -hmm. the Sarasota Bradenton Airport. Now, the, now, here's what's ironic about this. The film reel of the restaurant shooting had jammed and would not run. So Christine just shrugged it off and said, on camera... In keeping with Channel 40's policy of bringing you the latest in blood and guts and in living color, you're going to see another first, attempted suicide. 
Christine then drew her 38 revolver and shot herself behind the radio. Live on the air. Live on the air. She fell violently forward, and the technical director faded the broadcast to black. Now, the camera and crew first thought that she was playing a joke. Station manager, he was all pissed off. He ran out on the set to chastise her. But when he saw blood pouring out of her head, he realized quickly that it was no joke. The station quickly ran standard public service announcements, and in the movie, hundreds of television viewers called the police, while others called the station to see if it really was staged. After the shooting, news director Mike Simmons found papers from Chubbuck um, had been found the papers from which Chubbuck had been reading her newscast contained a complete script of a program including not only one of the shooting but also a third person account to be read by whichever staff member took over the broadcast after the incident it's well prepared yeah, yeah the script read tv 40 news personality christine chubbick shot herself in a live broadcast this morning on a channel 40 talk show she was rushed to Sarasota Memorial Hospital, where she remains in critical condition. So she was even planning on failing that. Yeah, no, she uh, is exactly where she was taken, and she was at the time in critical, critical condition. Critical condition. She lived for 14 hours. Um, she died 14 hours later upon receiving the news. A WXLT staffer released, inf- released the information to other stations using Christine's script. There was a short suicide note to her family and friends, the contents of which have never been released. Christine's family, of course, they were in shock. Although they had been aware of her demons for years and had done everything they could to help, they really didn't think she'd actually follow through with the threat of suicide. Now, that's another thing, listeners. People can only take so much. If people are talking about killing themselves, yeah, there's a I good mean, chance she, sooner she, or later. She, she spoke openly about it. So, I mean, you know, you, you hear people say, well, if they're talking about it, they're not serious. And that's not the case at all. People could be talking about it and still follow through. It's often the case. Most people are Well, they want to feel it out. They want to feel out, will people miss them? Will people, you know, whatever. Well, most of the time they don't want to commit suicide. They want somebody, they're saying, I'm going to kill myself. And they're hoping like hell that somebody intervenes because they see the path they're headed down. And they want somebody to intervene and stop them. So, um, but anyway, there was a short suicide note to her family and friends, and that's never been released. The family was in shock. Her body at they her body was cremated two days after she died. There was a funeral ceremony held on the beach, and ashes were scattered into the Gulf of Mexico. I think she had I think it was like 150 people at her funeral. Which is kind of mm-hmm. ironic since, you know, she was so isolated and so alone and really didn't have any close friends that her funeral, a lot of people showed up to it. Mm-hmm. Three songs by Christine's favorite singer, Roberta Flack, were played. Oh, I like Roberta Flack. You like Roberta Flack, Brandy? I do. All right. Continue, Colonel, without the singing, please. Okay. Now, the, the Presbyterian minister, Thomas Beeson, delivered the eulogy stating... We suffer at our sense of loss. Mm -mm. We are frightened by her rage. We are guilty in the face of her rejection. We are hurt by her choice of isolation, and we are confused by her message. That's just how he said it. No, I'm sure it wasn't. In that fiery tone. Like foghorn leghorn? No, I'm sure At the time of her death, Christine Chubbuck was not by any means a well-known newscaster. 
So for decades afterwards, her legacy, and as much as she had one, became defined entirely by her final act. Now, her story gained a second life in the 90s with the rise of internet subcultures that focus on gruesome, hard-to-find videos. Sites like Ogrish and LiveLeak sprung up all over to service those audience. Do you guys remember uh, the video Faces of Death? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could have sworn I saw that on there, but I didn't. It's like one of those Mandela Mm -hmm. effect things where you think you saw something you didn't. This video, you're going to talk about it, but it's... Uh, you know, I thought I saw it too. Yeah, and, but yeah. you didn't. It's but never I been didn't. it's never been yeah. released. So sites like Ogrish and you know, they show brutal street street murders and um Bud Dwyer even, you know, yeah. got the suicide of him. Yeah, now, you I've can seen find now, that anywhere. Yeah, Bud Dwyer's out there. We have to cover him at some point. He had a big ass gun. He didn't use a three thirty right. he used a three fifty seven. Yeah. Um you won't find her there though. The foot there's no footage of Christine's death. It has not been seen since its initial airing, and numerous theories on what had happened to the footage have been advanced. One was that the station owner, Robert Nelson, kept it and was in the possession, and it was in the possession of his widowed wife, Molly. VCRs were new in 1974, and it's possible somebody recorded it, but very unlikely. They would have come, they would have come forward who would be, by now. Who would be recording Suncoast Sun yeah. Sun mm. Sun, Sun Daily or whatever? Well, you know, I bet the, the every newscaster, every female newscaster has a, a whacker. You Colonel, know, continue, please. So anyway, many people have attempted to track down a video of Chubbuck's final moments. All of them, it seems, have come up empty-handed. There and those, like I said, I, 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 I could have swore I saw that, but... I saw Bud Dyer, Dryers, or Dyers, mm-hmm. but I, and there I are guess. people who claim they've seen it, but they can offer no proof other than hazy memory of an era before streaming video. Yeah, it's like that Mandela thing, Mandela effect. Its scarcity makes it an object of fascination and obsession for those who learn about Christine and the release of the two Sundance movies about her life this year. Is sure to only make it more coveted. Yeah, there's two movies out this year. Well, a movie and a uh, documentary, I think. In a twisted bit of irony, Timmy, much of Christine's importance rests in the fact that footage of a public suicide has become one of the most mysterious and sought-after pieces of film in the world. It was confirmed in June 2016 that the footage of Christine's death exists, had indeed been in Robert Nelson's possession, but was handed over to a very large law firm for safekeeping by Molly Nelson. She will not make it public. Um, two films, as you said, will be played at the two th- were played at the Sundance Film Festival. The first, called Christine, was directed by Antonio Campos, and starred Rebecca Hall as Christine and Michael C. Hall as George Peter Ryan. The second was the documentary Kate Plays Christine. The followed actress Kate Lynn Shaw as she prepared to play Christine Chubbuck. More than 40 years have passed since she killed herself on television, but her memory lives on, Timmy. Thank you, Colonel. Interesting topic. What do you think, uh, Brandy, your final thoughts on it's news sad. angle, Christine? What's it? What news angle? <laughs> news anchor, Christine. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, anchor. it really is yeah. sad. She lived a sad life. Yeah. She um, was an attractive woman. Yeah. She was an attractive yeah. woman. What she just, for some reason, could not make friends, and uh, it was very awkward for her. And 
Um, and as you said, she she made it known that she was going to kill herself, and uh, people just thought that was just you know that was just Christine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people. People, as I said, people often say that, and what they're really hoping for is somebody jumps in and says, <coughs> "We need to, we need to, we need you to stop. We mm-hmm. need you to stop your life, whatever you're doing. Something's not working. Something's not working, and and they hope somebody because they they don't know how to help themselves. If you haven't yeah. been really depressed, you don't know how to help yourself. And if you <coughs> are depressed and you're thinking about suicide, don't reach out to someone. Uh, and Brandy, at the end of the uh, shout-outs, we'll give you the number for the National Suicide Prevention Society. Reach so, out to one of us. Reach we out. Will, yes. We will talk or all you. of us. All of us. Anybody um, on the page. Come on, Bra- uh, Charles, give us some shout-outs. Some shout-outs? All righty. Well, we got, of course, Tasha and Ophelia. Out there in California. Yep, Cali. Cali, Tasha. Yes. Jeff Girdley. Rebecca Montanle, Mike Eisenhower, Danielle Fredrickson, Toby Deese, Andy Sparaccio, Nancy Jalapeno, Kim Kamikaze Kazmersky, Jennifer Hawkins, Tara Chinchilla, uh, Lindsay O'Brien. I just want to give a special shout out to Maggie Glover. She uh, lost a family member this week, and so we wanted to give her your condolences. We're all very Maggie. sorry. Yes. yes, Maggie, we are we're all thinking about you, and we was going to get to that. Um, <laughs> Hang in there. I, I jumped a gun. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's go. okay. That's okay. It was an important one to get to me. Sam Hildebrand and, of course, Shannon Rossett is still dealing with mm-hmm. her grandmother. Absolutely. And, Shannon, and you're in our thoughts. She had a very, very close and loving relationship with her, too. And uh, so we got Missy Dean Horton, Britt and Chris, of course, Celine. Down there in Atlanta. Hi, Celine. Dr. Jeff and Dawn. Hey, Jeff. Um, Chris Swanson, Paula Kimes, Mark Farnan, Elizabeth Brault, Carol Nash, Ann Daza, Alan Dobbs, of course, James Rion, Melanie Young, Donnie Young, Tim Hale, Stacy Gutierrez, Melissa Montoya, Shonda Board, Molly Fontenot, Molly Fontenot, Lauren Merrer, Rachel Hummel, Amber Gilcrest Anderson, Nitan Seal, Nitin Seal. I just tell me on the page how I'm getting that wrong. Yeah. Ramoni Danger Howard, Sarah Taylor, Allison Schneider, Meg Vansell, Jamie Metcalf, Margot Donahue, Brittany Martin, Ali Nett, Holly Woodard, Jay Alford, Aaron Shipley, Sophia Panther. Uh, Ronnie Rhodes, Nina, Nina. I'm, Nina is it from Nina? the already uh, Nina. I'm sorry from the already gone podcast. Okay, Lauren Meredith, right here from Butler County, Jennifer Savoboda. Yes, Kelly Colwell, uh, lovely Annette Petray, Steph Glenn, Christina Hodges, Christina Montana, Maria Barber, Jennifer Potts, Cindy Hamilton, Paul Mampilli, Mike Arnold, Melissa Lubrano, Brittany Howe, Heather Hall, Heather Poole, Heather Marshall, Mark Hamelmeister, Jeff Hopkins, of course, John Janke, Mike Tabor, Lease, Kevin Behan, Kimberly Cambron, Terry Hemsley, um, Maddie Kinnon, Pavlava, 
Amelia Roscoe, Michael Daniel, Jen Moya, Jessica Bishop, Liz Evans, Brenda Deutsch, Stacy Lynn, Jeffrey Dolan, Marion Buckwell, Jennifer Miller, Susanna Sheldon, uh, Ramoni Danger Howard, Skip Fayou, Callie Jones, Brandy Deese, Andy Smizer, Don Hamer, Norma DiMaggio, Karen Alden, Angie L., Amber Trevino, Carla Nelson, uh, Jessica Winchester, Anita Darden, Nancy Weller, Chris, Kristen Andreasen. Shit, that one always hangs me up. Valerie Murray, Tammy Ennis, Left McAllister, Stephanie Poling, Lauren Meredith, uh, Lauren Feller, Todd Long, Diane, of course, from History Goes Bump, Allison Shields, Aaron Fowler, Carleen Madison, Robin Sanchez, TJ, TJ Youngblood, and Thomas Tui. Dave Hill, John Gray, Don Gordon, Kristen Davidson, Susan Maxwell Angles, Little Emmy Waterfall, Christian Dormer, Danielle Fredrickson, Amber Anderson, Peter Fomer, Ron Ratchke, Kelsey Fro, George Huckler, um, Sonyana, Eddie Rushing, Joel Handler, Sammy Dyke, or Sammy James, I'm sorry, Jason Dykes, Amy Payne, the lovely Tyra Jenkins, um, Natalie Parsons, Leah Pangburn, Christina Hauer, Ali Nett, Maja Zanoko, Stewie Benton, Neil Eagleton, <clears throat> Natasha Davis, Nicholas, of course, and Molly, Steve Miller, Becky Mitchell, Keith Frosty, Cheryl Musco, Andy Valley, Marvin, of course, Marvin Hammond, and Mary Ray, Katie Moorhead, Christine Bourgeois, Jeff Appel, Brandon McBride, Lydia Bond, Jean Bond, Tara, John Cunningham, Gabby Lewis, Laura O'Reilly, Sydney and Michael, Stephanie Quick, Trixie. Say hi to us, Trixie. I haven't seen you in a while. Gina Spillane, Amber Croup, William Truax, Denny McNamara. Byron Snellings, Bridget Clavey, Kate with a C. McCarthy, Katja. The lovely Katja. Rachel Flynn, Rachel Marie Flynn, Olivia Meyer, Byron and Lisa, of course, Lawton, Donna Curran, Aaron Wentz. Donna got to be excited about that Patriots game. Philip Munson, Colton, the Trowbridges, Lisa Clark, Diane, Shonda and Larry, Tommy Boomershine, Teresa Shit. Teresa, I'm sorry, Slavin. And then, of course, the Colonel Squad. We got um, a new director of art, Timmy, mm -hmm. Jamie Tarantino. She done a beautiful job on the uh, you know, Union's terminal. I cannot really tell you, was. Timmy. You, it's amazing. I took a picture of it, but you, it just doesn't do justice to the detail. She that said, Jamie is quite the artist. It's unreal. I mean, it's just incredible. And what was incredible was that she would, like, every few days send me a snapshot of, like, here's where I'm at right now, or mm -hmm. and just to see the thing progress. Mm -hmm. I might commission how her. Might, how, how, what I can't understand is how your mind works, that you can see things like that and say, you know what I mean? And do it. Your, yeah, I don't get I, it. I, I might commission her to do a, a, a portrait of me in a Napoleon outfit. I think she could probably pull that off. I think that'd be spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. 
if she does, she should definitely make you know send us copies of it. Yeah, we all should get she one. Is, she is very talented. Oh, it was it was incredible. Um, Angie Ball, of course. Um, Nicola, Nicola, my counselor, and Allie and Charlie, the the demon pair that they are at Insight. Um, who are, uh, you might not be on board with this, and I don't know if you're on board with this, but there's a blood feud going on between no, the two podcasts. Not, no, they're not. They're okay, not on board what's with my that. own podcast? I've been talking to other podcast families, the five big five, you know, the major yeah, five podcast yeah, families. Nobody talks to you. No, from there. don't be lining up with nobody me. Nobody talks on, to you. Crime from there. Con, it's no. going down. Is I, it? I, yeah, I sent Charlie a message. You know what I told her? I said I've been telling people the Insights t-shirts are itchy. They did a podcast on the imposter about the kid who, I don't know if you saw the documentary or not, about the family who lost a child who disappeared, uh, ran away or whatever, and then they, uh, the, the, a guy claimed to be their son. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. You told me. Fact, I started listening to it last night. It's my, fascinating. My, oh, you um, know what? The documentary was really good. But Insight did a much better job covering it, and they give a lot more detail than the, even the documentary does. Really? Yeah, they're getting better and better every week. They do a great job. Well, there's still, but what? No, there's no. Still, there there's is no a bluff here. It's East Coast, West Coast, Tim. Shout outs, Colonel. See, you just scared of Charlie and Allie. Mm-hmm. Sarah Mimosa. I ain't letting Charlie bully me around. Jennifer Burdick, the lovely Jennifer. Karen Barnes, Janet Fitzgerald, Frances Darton, a lovely Irish lass. I love Karen Barnes. She always retweets our stuff uh, on Twitter. Karen's funny. She is very funny. She is very funny. And she's very supportive of the podcast, as is Fat Boy Gardner, who is neither Fat Boy or a gardener. No. But he's on tweet, uh, Twitter. He is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Chicago Jessica Williams, mm-hmm. Amanda Bocciball. Shannon, who we just mentioned, our thoughts are with you, Shannon. Absolutely. Tiffany, Monica DeHagostino, um, Scotty J, Angela Cobes, the lovely Radika Smith, Liz Keating, Jen Wicks, Jennifer, and uh, and. and a shout I just out don't think you got that many people on Team Crow. To our lovely mascot. He kidnaps and, them and drags them over there. Yeah, they got duct tape. No, this is out. important. Well, you use a little claw for him. You can get people uh, on Team uh, Colonel. Get them on board. Um, Fallon has had having some dental work done, and she she was in a lot of pain. Oh, well, feel better, Fallon. And we hope, Fallon, that you feel better because you got that. Take care of that beautiful smile that you got there, girl. So... That is what I have. Okay, you got two more. And I have, of course, a lovely, lovely, lovely Sully's mom, Mm -hmm. Miss Beverly, Lady Beverly. Lady Beverly. And the woman who this all is done for, if there was a cult, she'd be the leader of it. There is a cult, the cult of Dottie Scott. Thank you, Mom. Brandy, you got that. Why so you always get impatient when I get to your mom? Why you yeah. always got to push? Your mom gave birth to the, you for, the, for the, the love podcast. of God. End of the podcast. Brandy, what's yes. that uh, uh, suicide prevention number? So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, you can get to them on Twitter and Facebook too, but you can also call. They're available 24 hours a day, every day. Uh, 1-800-273-8255. Um, it's 1-800-273-TALK. And they're there 24-7, so if you, you know, if you're thinking about it or you're having some trouble, give them a call. If you're ever thinking about it, 
you, you're at the point that you're fucked up that you need to talk to somebody. If you just give it a passing thought through your head, you and need to talk to somebody. Don't do any counseling. If you're thinking about suicide, please yeah, no, reach should. out for help, either through the number that Brandy gave you or if you're outside the United States, please look up the number on the Internet. I'm sure every locale has a number in which you can reach out mm-hmm. and get some help. And um, so please do that. Okay, Brandy, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. We have two pages, History Dweebs, where we page, uh, where we post history-related information and then our, our our group in which we interact and which all the folks here that we've given shout outs to are part of it's called history dweebs the podcast so look us up on P- facebook as history dweebs the podcast twitter twitter uh you can follow us at history dweebs one you can follow the colonel at hawk waters uh, you can find us on oh shit it left me itunes iTunes. If you uh, follow us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a review. That's how people find us. We really, really appreciate it. And if you leave us a positive review, we will read it on the air. And, you know, Stitcher and Libsyn and the other major. All the major uh, podcast apps. Um, You can find us anywhere. We're all over the place, Brandy. Yes, we are. We're more popular than Captain Kangaroo. Yeah, well, I don't know. Captain Kangaroo is pretty damn popular. He really is. Okay, uh, Brandy, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. All right, thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Good day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.